Are you ready for homeschooling to feel joyful again? Do you want to build closer relationships, remove some of the stress around planning, and enjoy learning with your children? Welcome to Your Morning Basket. I'm Pam Barnhill, a homeschool mom just like you, and I'm going to show you the magic and fulfillment that Morning Basket or Morning Time can bring to your homeschool. Grab your coffee or tea and let's get started. Hey there, it's Pam, and welcome to episode 137 of the Your Morning Basket podcast. I hope you have been having a wonderful summer and maybe are getting ready to start your school year. I know that we are getting about ready to start over here, and I'm super excited about it, even if my boys, eh, they probably aren't. (laughs) But I love the fresh start of a school year, and I love the fresh start of a podcast season. And we're kicking off this season with an interview from one of our Your Morning Basket moms. Rachel Monreal is, she's a great encourager in our community, and she has younger kids, and she really has leaned into using morning time as the heart of her curriculum for all of her kids. And so she's able to mesh in her younger elementary kids and her preschool aged kids and just really embrace morning time and do so many things together and really build this rich education for the young ones all the way up to the kids who are in second and third grade. So I think you're going to love this conversation. And yeah, just enjoy. Rachel Monreal and her husband, Jimmy, homeschool their five kids in the desert of Arizona. Their desire to pass on Jimmy's native Spanish is one of the core reasons that they chose to homeschool before their oldest was born. They enjoy the flexibility of homeschooling since their lives are often busy with ministry and hosting or visiting family. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I am so excited that you are here. You are such a ray of sunshine in our Your Morning Basket community. Um, Start off by telling us a little bit about your homeschool journey. Yeah, so my mom always wanted to homeschool us and she would always talk about it. We had some friends who homeschooled when I was younger, although it was still really unpopular thing to do. Um, And so my mom always wanted to do that and always speak highly of people who homeschooled. And so when I was uh, in college, I had a few friends at our church who homeschooled their families. And that was really exciting to me to see these kids who were normal, who were homeschooled, who were really thriving. They had lots of educational opportunities. And I thought, you know, not only is this something that would allow us to pass on our, our, our Christian values, but also to provide all these multitude of opportunities to our kids. It wasn't limiting. It was actually expanding. And so that, that made me want to homeschool. And I was really firm and decided by the time I was like 19 or 20, that that was what I wanted to do. And after college, I had lots of opportunities while I was going to Bible college to um, tutor. And um, so then there was more exposure to like what the actual practical side of homeschooling would look like as I helped missionaries, families, um, to teach their kids to read or kids who are struggling in math, I was tutoring while I was doing school. And then, um, I got a job in education and the more I was in the public education system, the more I realized I didn't want my kids there. So it just really confirmed what I already knew to be true, which was that home education was the best option for most families 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I I had kind of had a similar path to what you were talking about at the end, where it was my years in public education that really, really showed me mm, this is not exactly where we want to be. And, you know, the great news is, is by the time that you were resolved to homeschool, it had started getting a lot more popular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I met my husband, he had also decided he wanted to homeschool and oh, his awesome. sister, her son was three at the time. And so she was starting to research it and starting to look into it. So by the time my first was born, her second was born, um, she was already homeschooling. So it was like, I could kind of uh, like say, oh, what do you think about this curriculum? Or have you looked into the Charlotte Mason ideas? Or have you done this? And and so we were kind of able to explore with each other. And then now we do a lot of the same as she's her older child is going to high school soon. So I've worked in high school. So she kind of asked me more questions about like educational things from a high school perspective. And I can still kind of be like, oh, you know, Jamie's going into third grade this year. I feel like we kind of got to bump up the history a little bit. And she's like, well, have you checked out this curriculum? So we're kind of able to collaborate a lot. And in the past, that was not an option for most homeschoolers. They didn't have a lot of people around them who wanted to homeschool or thought highly of homeschooling. So my sister homeschools, my sister-in-law homeschools, my mom's very pro homeschool. And so we just have a lot of support. Yeah. It's a great family affair. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Yeah. Tell me the ages of your kids. Cause I don't think that's one of the things that we established. Yeah. How old okay, is so your my, oldest? My oldest is eight. She just turned eight last week. And my second is six. So I have two girls who are in school now, like officially registered with the state of Arizona as homeschool students. And then I have a a boy who's about to be five next month. He's very excited about his birthday because <laughs> he's the last of the five to have a birthday. And he is going to start kindergarten, but we do like a very, very slow start. Um, and then I have a three-year-old who's potty training <laughs> and a one-year-old who I'm trying to sleep train. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a very busy lady, very busy for yeah. sure. Well, let's so talk a little our- bit about morning time. When did you first discover morning time and about how so, long you've been doing it? So I discovered it through your podcast, actually, the Your Morning Basket podcast. So I had found Plan Your Year on Pinterest or YouTube, somebody had mentioned it. And I was like, I need this because I, I need to know how to plan everything. I need to make sure I can get it all done. And I think I kind of thought plan your year was going to be more like well-trained mind, like do this on this year, do this on this year, plan it all out. And I read it and it was not that. <laughs> it was, no, it's it not was very different. And I remember I was like sitting in Chick-fil-A while my kids were playing in the playground. And at that time I had a, like a one-year-old, a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And I was like, this is what I need. This is what we need. And, um, but I didn't do morning time. I, I kind of started listening to the podcast and then I started listening to School A Sisters and I started listening to Read Aloud Revival and all of these people who were kind of of this same mindset of like, you don't need to do more. <laughs> you right. don't need to do more. But I was like, I still have to do more. <laughs> you know, that public education and having my sister's son was in preschool at the time and he was learning lots of things that my kids didn't know. And I was like, okay, I have to do these things. I have to meet these standards. And um, 
school became bad. (laughs) It became, we were doing the morning time things with dad at night, but they were not associated with school and learning. Right. So, um, so then I decided, you know, something has to change something, something's got to give. And so I went back to my values. I went back to my vision and I, I said, okay, we need to start with the things that are most important and we need to make, make school what it, what it was, where when we started, she wanted to do school. When we started, I wanted to do school. I love learning and I wanted her to learn. And now we both hate it and we're mad at each other and crying every day. And, and I also had at the time, uh, I think I had a, like a a three-year-old and a two-year-old and a baby. And I was like, we have to do something where the toddlers are part of what we're doing. Cause I can't just have a kindergartner and then toddlers who just are running around like crazy people. So I had to find a way to include them. And so that's when I said, okay, we're going to do this morning time thing first, and then we'll do the phonics and the, and the math. And so, and so that's when I started doing it. I think about two, three years ago, somewhere around there. Yeah. And, and that is the thing is, is if you are doing morning time with a child who's first or second grade or something like that, and you're including those younger siblings, it, really the only thing you have to do outside of morning time is a little bit of phonics and math and morning time can yeah. be just the biggest part of your day. So, so now you have this eight-year-old and then the six-year-old and then the one starting kindergarten. So what does morning time look like in your home? Yeah. So the main thing is I had to come up with a structure because I would just pick random things to do and then we weren't consistent. And I learned from your podcast mostly probably that like consistency was what had to be the key for all of it to work. And I'm a I'm a very big rule follower. So I wanted to give myself like boundaries, like, because if I didn't, I knew I was going to be lazy. I wasn't going to do it every day. I wasn't going to create a program because I had all these little kids and they want, you know, to watch (laughs) Dora or whatever. They don't want to, they don't want to do school. They want to watch TV. And I would be like, oh yeah, that's way easier. Let's just put the TV on or they want to color or they want to play outside. So, which are good things and they're all learning, but we had to do the things that were important and set them up so that when they get older, they're used to doing school. And so I came up with this plan and that was, um, it's the prayer pledge verse song. If we do these four elements, we've done school. And so we start with a prayer and then we do pledge of allegiance. And sometimes we sing the Star Spangled Banner. Sometimes we talk about patriotic holidays. Sometimes we talk about presidents. So we include that. And then we do memory. So we do, um, now we do IEW poetry and Shakespeare. But when we started, we just did catechism. So we did our catechism questions and I picked up one of the recommended verses. We do the, um, oh, the new shorter um, Westminster Catechism. And so I picked one of the recommended verses from the catechism question. So we'll do the question, the response, and a memory verse. And then we do a song. So we'll sing a worship song or we'll do a hymn study. And then if we've done those elements, we've done morning time. And then I usually end with a read aloud and a game of some kind. 
the other thing is we we try to include Spanish. So I'll, I've done different ways to do that. But one of the ways I do it is I translate all of our catechism into Spanish. So we do that. I've collected some Spanish poetry. So we'll do some English poetry, some Spanish poetry. And then we use songs that are translated in Spanish for hymn study and worship songs. And so um, everything that we're doing in English, we're doing a variation of it in Spanish. And either I'll do both on the same day or I've done like Monday and Wednesday are English, Tuesday and Thursday are Spanish. I've, I've switched it up a lot, but I just have these rules for myself that I follow so that we're consistent. So we're studying all the things we, we want to study. It sounds a lot like you've made a procedure list for your morning time. Yeah, it's, it is a lot like a procedure list. I know I've planned it with the plan your year structure in my mind and going through it, picking the resources. I've definitely like asked myself those questions. Like, does this follow what our core values are? Our core values are that, you know, we want to teach our kids our faith. That's really important. We want to teach our kids Spanish because we have family that don't speak English. So that's really important. Family relationships are important. And of course, um, we want our kids to be able to learn well. So we want to give them those skills through poetry memorization and introducing things like history and Shakespeare and things like that. So that's what it looks like. Basically, it varies. Yeah, I've done a three-day model. I've done a four-day model. I've done a five-day model. We usually go back to four days. Monday through Thursday works best for us because we have busy weekends and that's the best way. Like if we rest on Sunday afternoon, I'm ready Monday morning. We get started. We don't get lazy and I can push through. But if we have something come up, we just do school on Friday instead. So I just always try to keep a flex day in there. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So you are a big proponent. When I see you in the community, one of the things I see you talking about most of all are our little explorers plans, which are part of our morning basket plus membership. You can get them separately if you only have preschoolers, or you can get them as part of the membership, um, the full membership. And tell us, tell me what you like about those, because that's what I see when I think about when I think about little explorers in my head now, about Rachel. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, there's a couple things I really love. One thing that I, when I first joined the membership, there wasn't little explorers. There was explorations, which was really big at the time. Everybody was doing it, it seemed like. And I tried it and I didn't love it because I felt like every recommended activity was going over my kid's head. It was too difficult to adapt it for them. It wasn't making it worth it. And one of the big things about membership is it's done for you. So that's, that's what's so great about like the preschool plans. I was seeing that and I was seeing that with the explorations, but it wasn't fitting our family. And I was struggling because I had my own morning time already set up that we were doing but I loved all these resources and I wanted to figure out like, how can I get the most out of the membership? And then after Christmas of last, well, 2022 or when it was, I I did the Mm -hmm. little explorers with the Christmas the first time. And it was so rich. It was so good. And I could do all the activities with all of my kids and the baby wouldn't do it, of course, but all the kids from the two-year-old through my then six, seven-year-old, they were all enjoying it. 
and they could all take part in it. I didn't have to adapt anything. I could if I wanted to, if I didn't have the materials or whatever, but everything was ready to go. I signed up for the text messages so I could just do whatever um, was sent that day or like I would save all the text messages and then I could just easily scroll through and say, oh, I want to do that. And then I'll pull it up on my phone and we just do it right then. Um, I did look at the book lists ahead of time and try to get as many books as I can. But there's been months, like especially when I had a newborn where I did not look at anything ahead of time. I didn't reserve any books at the library. I didn't print anything. I just pulled up the the little explorers and I looked at the do it activities and I said, um, we'll do this one. And yeah. then we just did it. And so that's the thing that I love is um, everything in there is doable for all kids um, under like 10, probably. Now they may not all like it to the same degree, but it's all doable for kids under 10. If you have older kids, just pick one of the activities with the magnifying glass and it will be most doable for everybody because it's part of the explorers and the little explorers. And we do a lot of the explorers activities now with the little explorers options, like a lot of the plans, the way that they were written by um, the team, they just have like very Mm -hmm. comparable options and little explorers to the explorers. So we always do the live event. My, my daughters, especially just, they love the jokes and they love going to the, the exploration expedition kickoff events. And so we do the, that. And so then they want to do the game. And even though we're doing the little explorers activities, they're very comparable to what's on like the, the map or the bingo board or the, like we're collecting the shells right now. So some of the activities are a little different. They don't do a journal nature page. They do a coloring sheet, but we watch the video about crabs or seashells or whatever. So it's the same learning experience with an age-appropriate assessment for them. Or Yeah, I love that so much. And, you know, we call it Little Explorers. And when we first started it, we called it Little Explorers Preschool. And then we quickly changed the name. Actually, I think you largely influenced this. We changed the name to early education (laughs) because we realized how rich this could be for kids who were up to six, seven, and you even said 10 years old, um, that there's so much richness there, you know, and it's like we talk about the normal stuff. It's like, this goes all the way up to adults because you're listening to music, you're reading poetry, you're looking at art. I agree. I think if I had all older kids, I wouldn't use Little Explorers at all, but because I have so many kids who are so much younger, my one kid who's eight isn't going to convince me to go do the explorers, the explorations, because it's, it's too much that's over the heads of most of my kids. It's the way it's like going back to my vision and my core values. It's the way I approach extracurricular activities. We love, I love theater and drama and I want to get my kids involved in that, but I won't sign my first two kids up for drama class because what am I going to do with my other three kids while my kids are in that class? And I think it's the same with, um, with morning time. The point of morning time is to build those relationships and have all the kids together. So what you want to find is what you can do with the most of your kids that they're going to enjoy and be part of. 
And that's why I do it is for the little kids to be part of what we're doing in school, how we're, how we're doing school. And so if I didn't have something like little explorers for them, I probably, it would be hard to make a membership (laughs) worth it, (laughs) but, but, um, we love the live events. We love it. But if we didn't have that, I think it would be a totally different assessment for me in like, are we going to pay for the membership again this year? Because that's what we use. And I didn't mention it a lot in my morning time, but I, cause I was just trying to give the structure, but what we do is we do add in the little explorers on, um, our flex days. If we have an extra day, we'll do like a whole bunch of activities. That's usually how we do it. Or like this week, we just started our um, first term of this school year really early because we're taking off most of October. Um, and so like the first two days, all we did was the seashell activities and prayer and a little review. And the kids like, they're like, how many of these activities can we do? We want to learn more about s- seashells. And so we do a lot of that. We'll like kind of cluster it all together in a couple days over the month. And then when there's a live event, we'll just won't do morning time that day. We'll do the live event. And so that's, that's kind of how we use it. Um, but I love how flexible it is. I love that you can do it every single day or you can do it one day a week. Um, when I had a newborn baby at home and the kids were begging to do something, I could just pull it out then and just do an activity every day and not feel like right. a lazy mom. And that's where those texts definitely come in handy. You just pull it up on your phone and say, okay, yeah. let's do this one. And, you know, and so when I do the explorations with my teens, I don't plan anything out ahead of time. I just pull up the text and you're right. Even if you don't do the one that was sent that day, you can scroll back and pick out another one that you like. And I'm horrible. I always skip the ones that have to do with art projects. I mean, my kids aren't going to do art projects. (laughs) And so like, I, I remember the first time I like finally didn't feel guilty about using like not doing Play-Doh or glitter or things was in the community. One time somebody mentioned it and I was like, Oh my (laughs) gosh, I found my people (laughs) because everything on Pinterest and YouTube is like, um, art projects, like these big creative art. And I love doing those when I worked at the schools, I would always love to do those kind of projects, but was in my house with my kids on my table where I have to put lunch. I was like, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do Play-Doh. We're not going to do glitter. And I felt bad at first, but then I realized like, this is life and the kids are getting the same enrichment in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. So the options are there. If you want them, they they do. Uh, The team does choose some really great art projects. Um, and we've seen some beautiful stuff posted in the community, but you also don't have to do it. And because you are doing the music appreciation or the art appreciation, your, your kids are getting this wonderful exposure anyway. So what do you think is the kid's favorite part of morning time in general? How has it impacted your homeschool in a positive way? I think if we ask them their favorite part, it's probably... Poetry. They love to memorize poetry, especially my three-year-old boy. He loves poetry, which I never would have ever thought that this three-year-old boy would like poetry. Um, he's like the most contrary person. 
and he always wants to be against whatever you're doing. But when we sit down and we do poetry, like he has to say ooey gooey every single day. So that's for just our personal morning time. But when it comes to the, um, to the membership and the things we have there, my kids love the coloring pages. Every single one of them loves the coloring pages and little explorers, and they love any live event that they can participate in. If they can participate, they love it. So that is really their favorite. They love when there's like a nature study one or there's anything where there's questions being asked of them and they can interact. Oh, that's awesome. I love that so much. What would you say is the percentage of morning time to your school day? You know, you, you have your oldest is eight and you know, how are you weaving in what you're doing with morning time with the other requirements that you have to do? Okay. So percentage wise, it's probably like 60 or more, Wow, 60 plus percent of our day. Uh, if you count all the kids and all the time that I spend doing school, morning time probably is that, but you have to remember, I have all younger elementary kids. So there's not a lot beyond that. So our whole school day is about three hours on a long day, on a long day. And that includes my daughter's piano practice and transitions and all of that. So we start morning time usually around 1030 in the morning and we're done with lunch after school by one. Usually, usually not always. This is Mm -hmm. very general, general because I have five kids under 10. So (laughs) things go different every day, but um, we do morning time around like 40 to an hour, 40 minutes to an hour, and then individual subjects. But for my younger kids, that is all they do is morning time. And then um, from, and then, you know, sometimes we do history with dad and sometimes we do Spanish with dad and sometimes I just do it, but that's part of morning time too. Um, And we do uh, English and math. Uh, My oldest just does copy work and a math sheet. And then my second, she's in phonics. So we spend some time on phonics and she does math sheet and, and they do. That's, you know, that's, that's awesome. It. Okay. So my question for you, Rachel, is how do you get all of those kids to sit still for 40 minutes to an hour to do morning time? They don't, they don't. <laughs> what are they, they doing? Sit still. <laughs> like, I don't. So this is the thing is I think a lot of young moms have this, it's this public education mindset that we have that school means you're sitting down and you're doing lessons. And it's very hard to overcome that. I, I think, I mean, for, for people like you, people like me, who not only went through public education for most of our lives, personal education, but also then being part of that system and passing it on. Like I, I wasn't trained as a teacher. I was an instructional assistant, but my job was to adapt curriculum for special ed kids. And then uh, assist the teacher in any kind of reinforcing the, the instruction. And even in a special ed class, they're expected to sit in a desk for six hours and do their work. It's nonsense because they don't do it. And um, so how could you expect a two-year-old or three-year-old or four-year-old to sit down and do a worksheet? You can't. They're not going to do it. Maybe an occasional very left-brained uh, girl will sit there and do a worksheet. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I can't. What we do is um, we start with prayer. During prayer, they're expected 
to be still and be quiet and respectful because we're speaking to, you know, a holy God. So I expect them to be calm and respectful. Then we do Pledge of Allegiance. During Pledge of Allegiance, um, those who are over two are expected to stand and cross their heart and say the pledge. If they're two and under, like, I don't expect them to stand still. I don't even really expect them to pay attention to what we're doing. I don't expect them to say anything. They each take a turn holding the flag. So that's part of it. And then they learn the pledge. And as they learn it, they say it. I haven't ever had to force that too much. I I do, you know, remind them gently to stand. This is our pledge. The rest of the time, as long as they're not disruptive, I don't, I don't care what they're doing. And if they're not being disruptive, they're following our regular family rules. They can, they can be part the, when they're six and older, they're a student of this school. They're officially a student. And I expect them to say the poetry. I expect them to repeat all of the um, answers for catechism, that kind of thing, but they don't sit still. They do. Uh, They stay. What um, kind of things do they do? Yeah. They color a lot. They eat breakfast while we're doing it. They eat snacks while we're doing it. They uh, play with uh, puzzles. Um, They play with um, sometimes like little toy cars or action figures. They play with um, pattern blocks. They play with magnets. They, we do lots of things. I, I have a like cabinet full of toys and puzzles that are for school only. And so at the beginning of the day, whoever asks me or if I want to do, I just go in, I pick one thing, I bring it to the table and we do that. And sometimes mm-hmm. I don't bring it out until after memory time. Um, just so that the, the older kids are actually focused on what we're doing. Um, but then I'll bring it out and then, um, we do that. And they, they usually during times I expect them to talk. I don't give them food or things that are loud. And that's, that's really the main thing I don't do. I don't do Play-Doh or kinetic sand okay. or water toys. We loved Play-Doh and kinetic sand, but I think my kids were older. So I think I my know. youngest, when when I'm thinking back to our really big Play-Doh years during morning time, I think my youngest was like four. And so at that point I could, you know, expect everybody and we had kinetic sand, but not, it wasn't the kind that made like this big, huge mess all over the place. It was the more sticky kind, you know, where yeah. it kind of stuck together. Yeah. Yes. My sister-in-law loves it. She loves it with her kids when they were tiny. She's like, that's what I would do. I just sit them at the table and they do Play-Doh. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think I'm not the best housekeeper. I'm getting better. And I think I don't like things that make that harder. Um, And um, having five kids has forced me to be a better housekeeper. But part of that is knowing my limitations. And I have one table, I have one table. And so I think there's moms like me who would love to do these things with their kids and they know their kids enjoy it and they feel like they have to do it. Um, I don't feel like I have to. And so I don't. And I do have Play-Doh. We do have it. And I do bring it out occasionally, but Um, and my mom loves to do it with my kids. So she'll sit there and deal with them when she comes, but I don't, I, I just, 
I don't like cleaning it up. That's that's really all there is to it. I just don't like cleaning it up. And so it gets stuck in my wood. Yeah. And it well, it, and it sounds time. like they're really happy to do the other activities. And that's such a genius idea. You know, we often talk about like making the busy box for the toddler and that box only comes out during school. But you've kind of taken this to the entire family of these fun activities that only come out during school yeah. time. And I love the fact that you don't open the cabinet and then let them at it. You actually go in there and pull out the one activity that's been asked for and let them play with that one for the day. Yes. I think, I think it's just because I have so many who are so little. I think when they're older, I've heard all these kind of like really great ideas. And I think that's where it comes down to the fact that homeschool, homeschool and morning time, especially is so flexible, so adaptable to whatever your situation is. And you can make it work for whatever size of family you have, whatever ages of family you have. You just have to be honest with your limitations. You have to think about like what is most important to you. And then you can, you can go from there. If you start with what everybody is doing, you're, you're never going to be able to, to pull it back. It's, there was a, a concept that I learned when I was doing theater in high school and in college, like you, when you direct a play, you plan out a rehearsal schedule. And I think planning for school is very similar. You start with what your dream idea is. Like if I had endless resources, this is what I would do. And then you say, okay, well, what is the bare minimum that I could do? And it would actually be like a deliverable product of something I would want to present. So you start with that bare minimum with that dream in mind. And you just add a little at a time so you get closest to the dream as you possibly can. If you start the other way and you start with the dream and then you start pulling stuff back, you'll always be doing too much and you'll never get as close as you want to get to that ultimate picture. When you start with the least and you add a little at a time that you'll get closer every time. I love it. Yeah, we actually call that. We have a name for that in the community and it's. That's exactly Start right. Small, Start slow. small, build slow. And I didn't realize it was a theater thing too, but that's, that's so, but you're right. It absolutely applies yeah. across. I think it's great for morning time for homeschooling as well. Yeah, it does. It does. It works so well. I think that that's really it. Like you can't, you can't start like all board, just like everything. We're going to start with everything. And like we started school this week, we started just with review from all the things we learned in morning time last year. And um, then, you know, next week, I'm going to add a little bit and add a little bit to our morning time. And at the same time, we're going to add math and then we're going to add English. And we're starting a new English program for my older daughter because she begged me to. And I was trying not to, but she begged me. So <laughs> we're going to start that last because it's new for me and I have to teach it to her. And it's a different program. So we're going to we're going to do it last once we've already started with the stuff we know. And so that's that's what, that's the way I approach it now. At first, I, I tried to do it the you know, the public school way where you start everything on day one and you. You do all the subjects and in their time slot and in their order, but 
We don't that's have to. exactly right. That's I love it. We don't have to. That's why we homeschool. I love it so much. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me today all about morning time and how you do it. Such great nuggets there. And it's so awesome to see you really making it work for a family that is, you know, you've got an eight year span there and it sounds like it just brings you guys closer together every single day. So that is awesome. We appreciate you so much. Thank you. I love, I love the community. So I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you, Rachel, so much for coming on the podcast today. And just a quick note before I send you off to get your homeschool and your morning time ready in September in your Morning Basket Plus, we are for the very first time going to be holding our Morning Time for Moms series for Wednesday afternoons. Yes, we figured it would probably be better not to do it in the morning for homeschooling moms. But for Wednesday afternoons during the month of September, we are actually going to be having a morning time, a gathering for mamas. And so Heather Tully, my co-author of the book Gather, a mom of 10 who has been doing morning time in her home for well over 18 years now, is going to be conducting a morning time just for mamas. And so this is going to be fabulous because number one, you're going to get poured into, you're going to have this little respite in the middle of your week where you can grab a cup of tea or a cold glass of sweet tea and come and just listen and participate and enjoy all the beauty and benefits of a morning time. And at the same time, you can watch how Heather teaches some of these subjects to you. You can see how she is facilitating these morning time subjects and, and mentoring them. And so you will be able to then take some of those things that you learn and use them with your own children as well. So we think it is a fabulous situation. The only thing you have to do to take part is join your morning basket plus Come on over to PamBarnHill.com and click on Get YMB Plus to get all the details about how to join us. Thanks so much for listening to Your Morning Basket. If you are ready to spend less time planning and more time engaged in learning with your children, join Your Morning Basket Plus, a monthly membership with everything you need to start a morning time practice in your homeschool. To join, head on over to YMBPlus.com and I'll see you there.